I'm Julie Potowitz, CEO and founder of Grow Your Occupancy. Our passion is helping senior living providers maximize sales efforts and increase revenue. Join me as I chat with industry leaders who share their tips and strategies, and we'll have some fun along the way. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Grow Your Occupancy podcast. I'm Julie Potowitz, founder and CEO, and today I'm thrilled to welcome Christy Ballard with Solstice Senior Living. Christy is the Senior Vice President of Sales and Marketing. Welcome, Christy. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Well, I'm thrilled to to talk with you or to listen to you really for the next uh, at least handful of minutes. And thanks for taking time. Uh, You know, Christy, uh, you've got, uh, you know, I'd love you to share your background with everyone. You've got tons of experience, um, especially as it relates to a topic I'd like to pick your brain on today, which is outreach. Okay. Great. Uh, Well, a little bit about my career path. I started out in this business over 20 years ago in the uh, nursing and rehab industry. So I actually was selling furniture before that. (laughs) And this is back when they had admission directors and they decided to do a strategic move and eliminate those positions and to hire a new one called referral manager. So I was the first person in the state of Kentucky that Extended Care Health Services hired to basically participate in an experiment and to take on nine locations. Closest was an hour and a half, farthest was six hours one way from where I lived. And to never be in the facilities, to be out selling all the time. And I was responsible for getting uh, Medicare, private pay, insurance, uh, payer source admissions to those facility locations. And I was out all the time. So all the stuff the admission directors used to do, tours, payer ver- verifications, uh, admission paperwork was delegated to all the department heads. So needless to say, I didn't have many fans. <laughs> uh, a lot of people were not very pleased uh, with this experiment, but you know what? It worked and the rest is history. So after that, I was recruited to Atria Senior Living. I had 30 locations in eight states. I was promoted to national sales director before I was 30 years old, which I don't know why that seemed like a big accomplishment, but it took a lot of work. And so I was always really proud of that. And then I decided to leave Atria and go to a place for mom back when the original founders, Pam Temple, John Temple, Brian Trisler, were in charge. And I had the wonderful opportunity of learning from them firsthand, help them ramp up a place for mom before their first big sale. And then I went back <laughs> to Atria. Uh, I've also worked for a Fortune 500 company, RealPage, and sold software uh, to senior living providers. And I've also been a VP of memory care and activities for Trilogy Health Services for 110 locations, had 10 regional directors, then got recruited to be in the current role I'm in, which is senior VP of sales and marketing for Solstice Senior Living. Wow. <laughs> uh, I, so you have a, a, a vast experience in, in yes. all areas, but um, you know, something that it really 
uh, I'm asked a lot about to talk a lot or to, to really pick others' brains about outreach. It uh-huh. is such a challenge in so many levels. COVID aside, right? The, now that we're kind of coming out, hopefully from the, out of that, can you talk to us about your, your um, outreach strategy or your expectations with your teams now? And just anything that would help anyone listening to, to um, execute successful outreach? Absolutely. Uh, the biggest ask uh, I re, you know, make of our team is to get out of your own way. Because uh, unfortunately, fear usually interferes with our team's mm-hmm. success in this area. And yeah. I always try to put myself in the shoes of being either new to outreach or not, you know, when you haven't done it for a while, it can be very nerve wracking. And even if you have years of experience, if you're going into a new industry, because we do hire from outside of our industry and we do hire people with experience, but then they come to senior living and it's different and it's intimidating. Um, the biggest thing I can tell you if you're trying to get better with the, the results, getting results from your effort mm-hmm. is to get out of your own way and don't, um, you know, try to remove any perceived uh, roadblocks or hesitations. And the best way to do that is to do the outreach. Number one, get out of the community, set a schedule to get out and stick to it, hold yourself accountable to it. But the other thing is if you want to increase your self-confidence, you need to prepare. And that's the area where I, I feel we have the biggest opportunity as a whole is taking the time to sit down and think through, even if it's cold calls, which I know since COVID, we don't do as many cold calls anymore, although we do them by phone, hopefully to break the ice and give people a heads up, you know, we would be stopping by or even get an appointment. But either way, we got to plan where we're going to go, who we plan to see and why we plan to see that specific individual, what we're going to ask, and what are we going to bring to the table that will be beneficial? Um, Because that's where I think you lose people is they can detect really quick if you are flying at the seat of your pants and if they can tell that you showed up uh, unplanned, unprepared, you're going to lose them after, you know, five seconds, they're going to be able to tell. So get out, make a plan of where you're going to go, be prepared uh, and just do it. Those would be the main things I would encourage you to do. Uh, we do have, I've got some examples prepared. You know me, I told you I've got notes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I so, love it because I've got a couple, I do too. I'm taking notes, but I've got okay. a couple follow-ups, but you're probably going to fill in the gaps. So yes, a couple examples would be great. Okay. So I was going to say, as far as um, what we do as a support team to help with uh, getting our directors of sales and marketing and our executive directors more comfortable with this is we try to invest just as much of our effort and attention on coaching and not just training. And there is a difference. So so. uh, yes, all the regional directors of sales and marketing are amazing sales coaches. Amazing. And so they have Uh, a schedule they follow. And based on this person's needs and and tenure, 
they're on a recurring schedule of one-on-one coaching calls. And the coaching topics may vary depending on where the focus is, but certainly outreach is is going to be part of it. So that's huge because that's where you can help make sure people are using those forms. We have an outreach prep form and we try to make sure that they're using those forms to prepare for their calls. We also ask that every week the executive director and the director of sales and marketing are meeting and the executive director, part of what they're supposed to do is go over the forms for next week's calls. So uh, that's another part of it. Uh, And then tracking results, we actually have a key metric for this. So um, 10% of your outreach visits should equate to professional referrals, appropriate (laughs) professional referrals. So if you do 40 outreach visits, you should have a minimum of four referrals. Mm -hmm. Our Mm -hmm. expectation is 10 outreach visits a week. So we've gotten away from quantity and we've put more emphasis on quality. That Mm -hmm. was one of those silver linings from COVID. (laughs) It made us do a lot of self-reflection, made us reevaluate things. And we wanted to make it more reasonable for our teams to do quality outreach. And so we just stuck with that. Um, and I, I, we've certainly seen an increase in communities meeting the expectation since mm-hmm. we've done that and getting more professional movements from it. So those are some of the things that we've done. And of course, the traditional uh, shadow, you know, as a support team member, mm-hmm. we will go out on visits with our sales and marketing director and executive director to help kind of lead by example because that's really the best way for people to learn. And then we have virtual meetings that count as outreach as well, which makes it mm-hmm. easier for us to quote shadow if we can coordinate um, some type of a professional meeting virtually. We can Very do that good. as well. Uh, so yeah, that, that's a few ways we do it. Um, but I do want to share one more thing. The way we train is we ask people to put together a top 20 list And this is so old school for anyone out there that's old school. They're going to be like, oh my gosh, we did that back in the 1990s. Well, the reason why we still do this is because it works. It keeps Mm -hmm. it simple. We have a top 20 list. We put people either as an A, B, or C. And of course, your A's and your B's are going to be the people that refer the most frequently appropriate referrals. Uh, And then the C's are most likely going to be people that uh, you're cold calling on. And then we follow that 80-20 rule and spend 80% of our time with those A's and B's, 20% of our time with those C's. But what's really cool about integrating cold calls every week into your outreach is that you're going to get some appointments from that. Mm -hmm. And then that's going to supplement what you already have going with the people you've been working with for a while. And so that top 20 list is fluid. It's going to change, but that's the whole intent is that Mm -hmm. when you're having these meaningful conversations with people, you're putting the pieces together of whether or not it makes sense to work together. Mm -hmm. And if it does make sense to work together, what does that look like? And it may come out that it doesn't work. It doesn't fit. And so that is actually a successful outreach visit because now the both of you know that you, you know, will always know each other in the market, but you both can move on because it's not a good partnership. So either way, it's a win-win in my opinion. Wow. You are such to me, you have, Christy, uh, a 
very set expectations and an outline uh, that you're expecting, you know, get out, get out of your way, right? Just do it, right? That yeah. That's the challenge. You know, you, you can find an excuse. If you want to find an excuse, you can find one, right? We've just got to yes. go and do this, but prepare, right? Prepare. And something that you said, because I'm taking notes, is it's, it's what you want to ask, right? So much of the time, I think we're really worried about what we're going to say or what we're going to bring or what we're going to drop off. It's so much more important. What do you want to ask them? What do you want them to talk about mm-hmm. so that you can learn just very much like we do our prospects, right? You want to ask them questions and get to know them. That makes such great sense. And then you have a, a form that kind of prompts for planning, which is great. And I love, love, love that you have a very laid out specific results tracking and one out of 10, right? Very much like we, most companies have tour to deposit or tour to sale expectations. Maybe it's one out of four, one out of three. So thinking the same way, one out of 10, referral appointments Mm -hmm. uh, result in a referral received. It makes great sense. It's simple. And you're tracking not only the activity, but the results. Yes. And I want to add that if, if everyone would just apply the same principles that we use to prospects, to professionals, it wouldn't be so hard because it's the same exact process. It's just with a different type of person. So when you use language like full discovery with prospects and peel the onion back Mm -hmm. and get to the heart of the matter, you Mm -hmm. know, establish an agreed to next step, you know, all Mm -hmm. of those principles apply to outreach. But for some reason, there seems to be a disconnect a lot of times uh, with ourselves. And, and, you know, again, I think we get in our own way, me included. I think sometimes we get nervous, intimidated. You know, we start to play out all the bad ways it could it could go when really there's a lot of good ways it could go, you know, and we won't know until we try. And so I would just say, you know, don't worry so much about it. <laughs> uh, just sit down and put a plan together of, of two to three questions that are open-ended that you would like to ask to learn more about them. Talk to them as if you're talking to a prospect, to a family member that's inquiring about your community, you know, use that same curiosity to learn more about them, about the professional, you know, uh, Julie, I'm curious, how long have you been working here? Where did you work before? You know, I mean, just like learn more about the person in front of you and about the organization. And a lot of times what I would do, I would ask for advice. And I know that might sound a little crazy, but I was, you know, again, out in front of people all the time. And I was held accountable every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Our senior VP of ops would put all of us on a call and we had to report our results. And it was very scary. (laughs) And uh, I, I mean, if I was coming on Friday and I didn't have enough, you know, quality referrals and admissions, I 
would basically just say, Susan, discharge planner, or whoever I was in front of, doctor, because a lot of our focus in skilled nursing is medical. Uh, I would just ask them, you know, I, I really want to help someone before I get back to my car today. Do you have any advice for me of anyone I could see before I leave? You know, is there, is there a peer, is there a patient, anyone else you can think of that? Cause you know that I am good for it. I will do everything in my power to take care of them. What can I do? Is there anything I can do, any advice that you can give me? And they would, <laughs> they would say, you know what? Hold on a second. And they would pick up the phone and they would call one of their coworkers to come to the office and meet me. I mean, it was just, it was really amazing. And then I got a lot of doors slammed in my face. Uh, I got told no a lot, but you know what? I didn't give up. I kept going back. And finally, I, I mean, I don't know if I just wore them down or what, but I think that, you know, being pleasantly persistent, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, it's good. You earn people's respect. Mm -hmm. You know, when they see that you are, pat, you, you know, you're not just saying you're passionate, like you're willing to make yourself vulnerable and stick your neck out there to come back. <laughs> Even when they said, I don't have time for you, right? You, you, you still come back and you still put forth the effort that earns respect. And when you earn their respect, they will refer. I love it. And you use that word vulnerability and there's strength in vulnerability. And uh, we that don't necessarily feel that way, right? Because we want to feel uh, that we're experts in what we're doing and that we're, we know what we're doing. And if we're vulnerable, will that portray any weakness or, oh, does she really know what she's doing? I love that. Ask for advice. And because you took time to get to know people, ask them, you know, Christy, what, you know, what do you like most about your job or how long have you been doing this and what changes have you seen or in that you're really asking a relationship questions that, and you're interested, right. In, in the person mm -hmm. that's talking to you, how appealing is that? Right. So Wait, how do you want to be coming in and <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, I'll talk to Christy yeah. again. She only took five minutes. She's very appealing. She, and really you probably didn't see that much. You let the individual talk more than you did. And that's appealing mm -hmm. to people. They, I, I think you're, you're so spot on and you're the perfect guest to have to talk about uh, outreach and your expertise. If uh, people listening would just take one nugget at a time, these are great nuggets. And I took a lot of notes and just do it, start implementing. Yes. So, so it's incremental success, right? Right. Incremental success. One last thing before we jump topics. I really like what you have to say about spend, just like we do with prospects. We need to spend more time with them mm -hmm. and determine uh, who to spend time with. Not that everyone's not important, but the same with referral sources that sort of A, B, and C. Yes. And just like you probably wouldn't retour and retour and retour someone who's not financially qualified. Right. Because they're never going to be able to move in. Well, that makes sense to everybody. So why do we keep going back to somebody who's not going to give us a referral? 
Right. Or has a customer or patient base that can't afford us or is too sick for us. You know, like for us, we're IL. So we have to be careful about making sure that we're appropriate for them. Right. Uh, I mean, we don't do assessments, but we do want to make sure that we're able to follow through on our promises. So uh, I have to do my due diligence. Our team has to do their due diligence asking questions to understand if we're a good fit for them. And we're not doing our job if we don't do that. Our team is phenomenal at really uh, putting themselves in the middle of situations with families. You know, I mean, they really do because they want to do everything they can to help them. They're just not touring people and giving them collateral and saying, call me if you have any questions. They're rolling up their sleeves and they're getting into the middle of it all to try to see what they can do to actually remove roadblocks and help this family experience some relief. The same passion, the same determination needs to be applied to outreach. It's the same thing. It's just, it just looks a little different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And maybe thinking of it that way will Mm -hmm. help bring down that veil of fear or trepidation, hesitation, nervousness that I think most people have with outreach, which is why we put it up. We find excuses. I can't get out of the building. Uh, COVID, people don't want to see me. They're busy and all those, because we don't feel comfortable. So if we Mm -hmm. see it, maybe approach it in the way that you're suggesting might have help us at least start crawling to walk, to run. And that's the difference. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, Mm. I was just going to add, that's the difference maker in communities that are uh, full occupancy, Mm. growing revenue. And those that aren't is that they absolutely time and time again, when I look at the behind the scenes to see what's driving it, other than, of course, the obvious with the team and their effort and focus, mm-hmm. it's professional move-ins is a huge part of it. I agree 100%. Mm-hmm. 100%. We're not going to, what, what got us here isn't going to get us there. I mean, we've got to do the outreach piece, right? We have right. to in order to, yeah. Well, switching gears is real quickly, uh, so no, we're running out of time, but you are, your passion for what you do and for your team and for Solstice and your residents really, really shines through, Christy. Um, you've been doing this a long time. I'm just curious what your thoughts are about drawing people like yourself to the business mm-hmm. as it relates to everybody, but sales and leadership. I mean, how do we attract more talent to senior living? I think it's very simple. There's never a dull moment. You do not get bored. (laughs) And I think that in society now, especially, we do get bored easily as a society. And the same can apply to our jobs if we're not careful. And I love senior living because it is always different. Every minute, every hour, every day, every week is always different. And the other part of this that is amazing to me is that there are huge rewards for people who show up and do a great job and it 
results in either, you know, the numbers or the customer satisfaction scores or whatever that key metric is that their performance is based on. If you do a good job, you will be rewarded for it. And if that position is not a good match for you, there's like all these other roles <laughs> that you can check out and maybe another role will be great for you. Uh, there's just a lot of variety in senior living and it's not going to go away. There is a huge need for us mm -hmm. and it continues to grow and it blows my mind. I've been to some international conferences and you know, it used to be certain countries didn't want to look at this. And now they're hiring consultants in the United States to help them learn how to establish senior living in their country. So this is not going away. Um, so it's just, it's the other part too, I want to say is that if you have a heart for serving others, and if you're seeking purpose, which I think all of us as human beings do that, this is a very purposeful career. And, you know, when I first started selling, I didn't do as well because I looked at it as a tra and transactional type of experience exchange. Mm -hmm. When I got past that and realized that I had a story that led me here, that led me here, it's not an accident that I'm here, that I have a greater purpose to serve out. Then I started to embrace that purpose and believe in what I'm doing so much that everything else just fell in place because I had faith and belief in what I was doing. And that's when you experience joy, you know? So if you feel empty with what you're doing, you wanna try something new, senior living is the place to go. <laughs> wow, I could, we could just cut right that right there and, and put that on the national commercial. We'll never be bored again. Right. You're very passionate about, you know, a lot of time doing what you do and serving your, your team. But real quickly, before we go, I wanted to do like a fun speed round so we can get to know you just a little bit better. Okay. I know you spend a lot of time, um, obviously, with your son, who's in middle school. Um, but I'm just curious when you're not working, what is your favorite way to unwind? Yoga. It's <laughs> <laughs> the pictures behind me. I love doing yoga. Oh, yeah. Yes. I love hot yoga. I've been doing hot yoga for a long time, Bikram specifically. Uh, but I also do other types like Barkin and Vinyasa. But yoga is my way to unwind and de-stress. And I've also made some really good friends from it. So, so you do the hot yoga, like super sweaty. Hot How hot yoga, is it? In yes. <laughs> it's like 105 something. 105, sometimes hotter. Yeah. That's awesome. What about everybody was binge watching during COVID and, and uh, I think still do. What, what's, what's a show we should all binge watch? Oh, I don't think anyone will want to binge watch this. <laughs> what is it? I've almost completed like 370 something episodes of Criminal Minds. <laughs> oh my gosh. Is that how many? That's been on forever. Yeah, I am on the last season, season 12. I wanted to be a, a homicide detective investigator when I was younger. I tried twice to get on to the local police department 
made it to the final 60, but didn't make the final cut to the final 30. So I have an interest in that. And I love the whole behavioral analysis unit, BAU, criminal minds thing. So yeah. So what, what are you going to do with probably your life not what you expect to hear? No, but that's, yeah. I mean, that's been a major part of your life for 13 seasons. That's like Grey's <laughs> Anatomy. I mean, I'm in for 18 seasons for, with Grey's. I'm not right. going to stop now. I don't know what I would do if they canceled it. Right. So you're going to have to find, well, they've got like CSI. I don't know. That's not really. Yeah. I've done the whole unsolved mysteries and I forget what else, but I'll, I'll find something. (laughs) I love it. I love it. And last question. So if you could travel now, hopefully we can do this soon, but if you could travel anywhere in the world, Christy, where do you want to go? Iceland. I want to go to Iceland. Very cool. And why Iceland? There's some uh, musical artists that I really love. Uh, one of them is Bjork that's from there. And, uh, and then also just, and I guess, so the whole music scene there, I find interesting and I would like to be able to see some local shows, but also it's just beautiful. A friend of mine got married there and it just looks breathtaking. I just really would love to take my family there sometime. I hope you do. I know you will. And thank you so much, Christy, again, for sharing your expertise. Also a little bit about you. You're a very passionate and fascinating person. Let me know when Criminal Minds is over and what you okay. try to start. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> good. Again, Christy. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye.